I think that being honest with people, um, especially when you're dealing with business um, and being genuine is, is non-negotiable. Main Street businesses are struggling as they face challenges nothing like we've seen before. You're listening to the Behind Main Street Podcast. Let's learn from real-world Main Street entrepreneurs, pick their brains, and learn their secrets to navigate, persevere, and overcome all the modern obstacles they face every day. Get ready to peek behind the stories, the struggles, and strategies of today's Main Street entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Behind Main Street Podcast. Here's your host, Chris J. Cardona. Great day, everyone. Welcome to the show. Whether it's your first time listening or an avid follower, thank you so much for joining us. Show notes can be found at www.behindmainstreet.com. But before we get started, I would like to thank the sponsor for this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Thinkin' Local, a fundraising and giving-based marketing platform whose mission is to connect local Main Street businesses who care about making an impact in the local community with schools and nonprofits who believe in supporting their local businesses. Find out more by visiting Think, the letter in, local.com. For today's episode, I'm very, very excited to interview a good friend, Dave Harrison, a retired sheriff's deputy, a dad, a husband, and the founder and executive director of Pause for Success, a nonprofit he and his wife started after retiring that focuses on helping enhance individuals with disability, such as mental health and PTSD, through the service dogs they train and provide, as well as their programs that promote mental health wellness to support this community. Dave, are you ready to take us behind the curtains and dig into your story? Of course, Chris. Are you ready? Absolutely. Bring out the shovels. Let's <laughs> dig for gold. Well, Dave, I've given our listeners a little bit of a sneak peek of who you are. Why don't you tell them a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do? You know, I'm just an average guy um, that cares about its community members and wants to get involved. We're a local nonprofit located in the heart of Chino Hills. Like you said, we train service dogs, but you know, service dogs are just a small aspect of what we do. Um, as we started to get more involved in our, uh, in our community and, and started to help our clients, we realized that, you know, the dogs are similar to like a smoke detector or smoke alarm. And when that goes off, you've got to have the tools and the wherewithal to get out of that situation. So, you know, we very much focus on programs that help those individuals have those tools in their toolbox so that they can cope with the things that they're dealing with. Awesome. Well, personally, tell me a little bit of a, like something interesting that your family or friends would probably say about you. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think they would say that I'm probably busier than I need to be. <laughs> and that, uh, <laughs> that I, I put a lot on my plate, but um, I enjoy it. And you know what, I, I'm able to do it because I've got a wife that supports me and, and kids that um, are always, you know, there to support me also. Well, how would you describe your mission in life? I think my mission in life is just to do the best that I can. I always um, tried to keep in the back of my mind that, you know, whatever I did in life, whatever actions I did, I wanted my kids to be able to respect uh, what I was putting forth. Gotcha. Well, what would you say commonly people misunderstand about Mr. Dave Harrison? 
You know, um, I think the biggest misconception would be that I have everything all together. Um, you know, and I, I think I faced that, that, uh, challenge with even my, my family. Um, you know, they always say like, Hey Dave, you, you've got everything together. You, you know, you've got the perfect family. You've got this, you've got that. seems like everything just goes smoothly for you. And that's not the truth. I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't have a hiccup or an insecurity or something that, uh, they've got to face themselves. Definitely. Well, if there was one thing that you would say that you value most in life, what would you say that would be? I think it's a uh, work ethic and family values. Um, you know, for, for me, I think that um, you've got to give 110% of yourself um, whenever you're, you're trying something new or whenever you're doing even mundane things, um, just put the best you forward and always remember that uh, your family is the most important. Have you thought about the impact that you'll, that you will have in five years or so? You know, I hope, that um, in five years from now that, you know, we've grown and that it's not just myself, that it's a community that's coming together um, and, and putting forth the effort and growing this community that we have at our facility. And it's just gr grows outside the state and, and across the country. But now I'm curious, if you won $100 million tomorrow, what we then spend it on? <laughs> Well, <clears throat> I think I would um, definitely take uh, my family on a vacation, my wife on a second honeymoon, um, my best friend, Chris, we'd go tour the mango cart facility. Um, you know, and I think a lot of it would just go back into the community. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, what, what would you say <laughs> your childhood was like when you were growing up? You know, I had, I had an amazing childhood. Um, you know, my parents um, sent me to, to private school. Um, you know, they were very involved in our activities. Um, you know, for, for us, it was Boy Scouts and going camping and, um, for, you know, being out in the, the community and giving back, um, my parents were always supportive and always pushed us to do the best that we could. So I was really fortunate. When you were growing up then, did you have a dream career or a job? I know you, you know, you come from law enforcement. Um, was that something that you looked forward to when you were growing up or was this like the, what you're doing now? Um, that's very, both are very meaningful, but it's completely different, you know, different ways. Right. Which did you have a specific dream job when you were a kid? Yes. So, um, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house and in the den, they had this big leather orange chair and it was a recliner. And, um, I would sit there every afternoon and I would watch emergency and then I would watch chips. And that was, I knew I wanted to do something. I thought, you know, being a firefighter would be, a, would be really cool. But um, I thought being a policeman would be fun because they rode around on motorcycles. But um, I knew I wanted to do something where I could give back to the community. Did you like school when, you know, you, at all? Or did you have any favorite or least favorite subjects at that? You know what? I think um, I've always enjoyed English. Uh, and I had a teacher at a young age that really promoted that. And would have me um, keep a journal and, you know, she would give me topics and she'd have me write stories behind it or, uh, you know, just different creative writing um, skills. So I really enjoyed English. I think my least favorite um, subject would be math. Um, it's not. You and I both. 
you know, I can, I can balance my checkbook, <laughs> but uh, anything, yeah, anything past that, uh, you know, I lean on my wife to, to figure it out. <laughs> Was there something, you know, when you're, when you look back in your childhood, right, that you feel sort of led you to where you are today? You know, I think, um, I was always, I was always raised in an environment where you thought about your community and you always had some way to give back. Um, and that, you know, you're always connecting with people. And so, uh, you know, I remember in the holiday time, uh, always going caroling at senior centers and, you know, doing stuff like that with our family. So I think my parents really instilled in us to give back. Absolutely. Well, you know, you coming from, you know, law enforcement, right? You growing up, you know, looking, watching chips, watching all these shows and looking at that as a way to be able to be of service to the community, right? Doing, being able to give back your time, your effort and your life pretty much. And, you know, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, what would you say was that like, and what was a turning point in your life that sort of led you to, you know, starting a nonprofit today? Was it something that you saw um, in your field of work and things of that nature? Tell us a little bit more about that. You know, it was an, it was something that uh, was maybe a little bit more abrupt. Um, I had to retire medically. So it wasn't something I was like, hey, you know what, in five years, let's do this or, you know, let's slowly transition. Um, you know, I was faced with having to medically retire. And that was huge for me to, to try and figure out a new identity. Um, you know, I think... For myself, it was a big deal to be a deputy <clears throat> and that's, it's hard to turn off. And, you know, sometimes that, that affects you on a personal level with your family and, and friendships. Um, you know, so when I had to retire, I had to figure out who, who's David Harrison, you know, um, really kind of think about who I was and where I wanted to go and, and, um, I also am the type of person that likes to stay active. So I had to find something to do. And I was about a month um, before my retirement date happened. And I talked to my wife and said, I've got to find, I've got to start thinking about something. Cause you know, I'm not the type of guy to sit around in Bermuda shirts and, you know, sandals and, and watch life go by on the porch. It's not going to work. And we actually started a for-profit detection business uh, utilizing dogs to find explosives, firearms, and, and narcotics. And through that journey, um, we saw that there was a need for dogs in the community, um, specifically service dogs and detection dogs in schools. But, you know, there's such uh, a gap between the cost of it, uh, what it costs, and what people can afford. And so, you know, I kicked around the idea of of putting a nonprofit together and some people said, Oh, you can't do it. And so I just kind of put it off to the side and then, um, situation came about where I, I met somebody who was asking a lot of questions about a service dog and, um, was trying to figure it out himself. And I was like, you know what, we could, we could help. We could do better. Um, so I, I called some people and we threw a board together and, um, you know, we've, we haven't looked back. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've gone, you know, the chance to see the progress that you guys have made in the community. And it's been amazing to see the the effects of the stuff that you guys are doing out there within the community. And I didn't realize that um, it was a, you know, transition. It, it seemed like it, for you, it was a, it, it seemed like an easy transition, but it wasn't right. Like you coming off from, from 
where you what you were doing, you probably thought that, hey, like this is what I'm going to be doing for a foreseeable future, you know, doing, you know, giving your life, um, you know, protecting us and, you know, doing all the stuff that you were doing as a police officer and then being able to transition into what it is that you're doing now. What would you say now that you're doing what you're doing now, more so outside of the, um, like, you know, law enforcement, you're very connected to the local business, local community, local residents and things of that nature. What would you say that being part of the main street community means to you? You know, when I hear main street, I I think of Disneyland, right? First thing you see when you walk onto Disneyland is main street and you look all the way down and you'll see that the streets are lined. It's where everybody wants to go. It's where the buzz is. It's what connects every part of Disneyland to itself. That makes sense. So you've got, you know, you've got, fantasy land and and I don't, i'm probably the worst person to talk about disneyland but you know you've got all the different little zones there but they're all connected through the heart which is main street and for me you know main street is what connects all of us you don't have to um always agree with everybody but having that human connection and that um and opening yourself up to other people's ideas to me that's what main street is Definitely. Well, what was being an entrepreneur, you know, before you had this nonprofit, you said that you um, you started a for-profit detection business, right? Um, was being an entrepreneur on your radar when you were a child? Uh, not necessarily. I've always enjoyed um, puzzles and problem solving, uh, you know, and I really, through the sheriff's department, you learn how to be a leader, but you don't necessarily learn how to be a business owner. There's two different aspects. Um, and for me, that's been a, a, an interesting challenge. You know, when you're a deputy, uh, people respect you because you're a deputy. That's just kind of given for the most part. Right. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, nobody knows you from anybody else and you really have to work to earn their trust and earn your place in the community. Well, when did you first you know, become interested or decided that, Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, like I said, like just prior to, to retiring, um, I had actually checked out different companies that were doing what I wanted to do. And I put in some applications, um, you know, talked to some business owners and really, I just thought it was pretty piss poor attitudes that a lot of them had. They either were really, really big and I could never get anybody on the phone. It was very cold and corporate. Or, you know, there was the, um, this is the way I do things and take it or leave it. And just very, very gruff. Um, and I thought, you know what, there's, there's gotta be a better way of doing things. You know, uh, there's gotta be some customer service here. And that's what spurred me to, to open my own, um, business. You know, I told my wife, I said, I think we could do better. You know, there's gotta be a human element here. You've got to treat people with dignity and respect and, and, you know, I, I'll admit that I've not always done that. And I think that's what I've taken away from life. And that's what pushes me now to, to try and, and be the best version of myself with everybody that I come in contact with. You're right about that. I mean, one of the things that a lot of us, this being an entrepreneur, it's not something like it's a journey. It's, it's a lifelong journey to bettering yourself, um, figuring out the, 
the most efficient, best way to achieve something, to do something, because we're out here kind of trying things, risking things. And lots of times, like for you, I would assume nonprofit founders like yourself are not often thought of as entrepreneurs. But in my eyes, you're, you are, right? I mean, you did, but now that you, you become a nonprofit, like people think, oh, you're a nonprofit founder. It's different, but you are because you risk your time, your own money, and your effort to create or try to create a successful organization. And you partner with like-minded donors to, you know, make people's lives better. And that's the essence of what being an entrepreneur is. Was there, would you say, a specific entrepreneur in, exper- uh, influence in your life? I, I, I think so. And, you know, I try and I've always had the mindset that you can learn something from anybody, you know, uh, and I referenced that toolbox. You can you can take something away from a person that you really think doesn't have a lot of common sense. And, you know, in some respects you're, you're taking away, not treating somebody that way. You know, you can see somebody that's got really bad customer service and you're still taking something away and you're bettering yourself. Um, but you know, I've been fortunate being a part of the chamber. I've, I've met amazing people that I've been able to, to learn from. Um, and community members and, you know, um, you know, you're a person that I, I've learned a lot from and respect and, you know, the way that you look at things with um, such excitement and you will immediately figure out, you know what, you may have 10 clients, but you treat them all like they're number one. And anytime that I come to you with a harebrained idea, you know, at 11 o'clock at night on a holiday, you're, you're, Hey, let's, Let's introduce this person. Let's get this business involved. Let's start doing this. Let's start doing that. You're always about collaborating and it's never about yourself. It's always about bringing in people from the community and, and, and creating a bond where you may not necessarily see it outright. Um, you know, Craig in the community from thinking local and just the way that he looks at things and he's very calm and methodical and, um, it doesn't seem like he makes a decision without having, you know, thought it out 10 steps ahead. And he's a, a phenomenal uh, mentor to me, um, you know, and Mary Jane from uh, Pet Wants and the way that she engages with people and she's always excited to hear about what they have to say, um, you know, and she's, she brings that enthusiasm to it, you know, and you got Jay Perez, who's a, a entrepreneur and is always out there plugging away. And, you know, if he hits a wall, he gets right back up and he keeps going and the list can go on and on and on. Uh, you know, and that's what I love about this community is that there's so much to learn from everybody out here and nobody's holding these, like their, their great secrets, you know, close to their chest and they don't want anybody to, to, to know what their secret is. Um, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out in the community that are just starting and in the same place as I am. And they're honest, like, Hey Dave, you know what? I'm, I may be struggling because, you know, I'm having an issue with this and being honest and, and open and vulnerable. That's huge. You know, because then it allows me to say like, yes, like I'm having these issues too, you know, because I never thought that I was an entrepreneur. I thought, hey, I'm just going out there and helping the community and, you know, never really thought of it as a business. I see a need in the community. I see a way that I can help. If I can get people to support me, great. If not, I'm still going to do what I need to do to help those that like, I think I can, I can really, you know, benefit from what I've, I've got to do. But through the, the partnerships and the friendships that I've developed in the community, I started to look at things like, I am an entrepreneur. This is a business. It's not the smartest thing because when you do a business, you've got something to sell. 
I don't have something to sell. What I have is, is myself and people are truly investing in myself. So if I don't carry myself and I don't put our organization at, you know, in the best path, then people aren't going to invest in me to do the best that I can or to invest in our staff to, to perform. So it's a little different. You know, if I was making, I don't know, fly swatters and I had a really great product, it's easier. I've got something tangible, but this, I've got an idea that I'm selling to you and a, and a dream. And, you know, it, it's every day it's like getting out there and, and going to, um, I don't know, one of those little crowdfunding things, you know, Hey, look, invest in me. So, you know, I really have to, had to think about it and, and yes, we are a business, you know, but really I'm asking people to invest in me. So I've got to really polish myself and, and, you know, carry myself a different way and, and really, um, put the product out there and, you know, we better perform because I'm asking you to give from your, from, you know, I'm taking food off at your table to provide a service for a complete stranger. So I also have to perform and people have high expectations. So, um, it's not like, you know, if the fly swatter breaks, they can bring it back to me and, and get a new one. It doesn't work that way. It's all reputation based. Definitely, definitely. And I appreciate you mentioning me on one of those um, people that have been, um, you know, working with you and has influenced you a little bit. But, you know, for me, I've learned a lot from you, the friendship that we've developed, you know, meeting you through the chamber, being able to collaborate on different things, as well as, you know, a lot of the folks that you mentioned. Um, I think the good thing about us is we're able to collaborate, right? We're sort of like coworkers working on different projects, running different departments, having different uh, job descriptions, but we're coworkers. We're co-workers for the community and our work is to make our community better. And I think your your recipe for being able to do that is very, very important. So, you know, I appreciate you for doing whatever it is that you are doing. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna give sorry. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, you know, thank you so much for you know putting me in one of those people that had um, influence you. And I think you're a big part of the influence in the community as well. Everything that you're doing in this space, in our local community is making a difference. And that's why I'm so excited about having you on the podcast is, um, you know, Main Street for me is really the backbone of what it is, what society is all about. This is where small businesses, small organizations like yourself and mine will eventually grow into something bigger. But, you know, having the connectedness in the community is something that we should never should never forget and should never leave behind because without the community, without the people behind Main Street, there really won't be any successful America or any parts of the the world, right? Um, through this journey, you know, you transitioning from, you know, being a, a peace officer to going into your for-profit business and transitioning into your business, I mean, into your nonprofit now, what have been some of the challenges that you have faced from the time that you started your nonprofit. Maybe you can share a little bit about that. Sure. You know, it would, I think the biggest challenge for myself personally is the challenge that every nonprofit has. Uh, you know, I'm not good at asking people for help. That's just not what I've, I've done. I'm not good at um, voicing my, my, my emotions, my opinion. Yes. My emotions, not so much. Um, you know, that's just not the way that I was, I was raised, um, or the, uh, 
or the industry that I came from. You know, you're, you're, I was always raised and, and, you know, being law enforcement, you are that support for other people. When there's an issue, they call on you and you fix it. And then you move on and you fix the next issue and the next issue and then the next issue. Uh, but, you know, where does all that baggage go? It goes towards, you, you, it sticks to you, you know? Um, sorry, and I'm, I'm digressing a, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, for me, I'm not good at asking for help. So to ask for donations and ask for sponsorships, I, I'm not good at it. I'm horrible. I don't like asking for money. So it's kind of asinine to have a nonprofit and not ask for money. So I think that's the biggest challenge. And I'm really trying to figure out um, how to do that without directly coming out and saying, you know, hey, we need money. So that's for me doing um, partnerships and figuring out a way to, you know, show our value in the community and the other businesses out in the community. That's the angle that I've taken. Most definitely. And, you know, in life and in business, you know, tying back to what you're saying, um, what would you consider, consider non-negotiable for you? I think our values. Oh, I know our values, you know. Um, I think that being honest with people, um, especially when you're dealing with business um, and being genuine is is non-negotiable. You know, if if you don't believe in what we're doing or who you are, or you want to change something that, you know, isn't, doesn't fall in line with our, our morals or our values, then, you know, I, I'm good. Take your money and you can, you can find another organization. So I think you really have to set those boundaries and not let anybody push them around. And, and, and I think this community um, doesn't want to do that, you know, and, I, and I've been fortunate to deal with a lot of really good people, um, you know, and I think you surround yourself with people that, that have those same values and, and those same um, ethics, you know, and all the businesses that I, that I mentioned were all small businesses. Why? That's, that's another question that we should be asking. So why are small businesses the ones out here that are, that are making those connections? It's one thing to be a big business and to be a sponsor and to throw money. That's all great, but it doesn't make a connection. It doesn't show your value in the community, or to, nor does it show the value of the community that you're supposed to be serving. So, you know, for us, um, those small businesses have, have been, you know, phenomenal for us. And we've had small business owners that may not be able to afford giving us $100, $50, $25, $10,000, take ten thousand too um, but you know they've brought their families to our facility and they volunteered and for for me that means more to me than the money you know because you're you're truly investing what's valuable your time and your family thank you for sharing that um what would you say throughout your journey um what would you wish that you knew prior to either becoming a nonprofit founder or an entrepreneur Oh, I wish I knew where the pot of gold was at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> um, you know, I wish I would have known just some of the basic fundamentals of business, uh, the basic fundamentals of marketing. You know, I don't think that you need to be a wizard at, at, at everything um, or even anything uh, because I think passion is what 
what shines through. And as long as you're willing to, you know, get back up when you get knocked on your ass and, and keep plugging away and you're honest with people and you're genuine and, you know, you, you're really out here to make what I call friendships. We can all make connections, right? We've all seen it. We go places and everybody's, you can see the person walks in the room and they've got 10 business cards in their hand and they go and they're like, business card, business card, business card, business card. And they already know where the exit is and they're out. They made 10 connections. That's great. I'm not a business card collector. You know what? I, your number comes to me, it goes in my phone and I'm going to reach out to you and we're going to develop a friendship. So, um, I think for myself, uh, being an entrepreneur, I think if I would have just known maybe a little bit of the basics of, of business and to be a better communicator, that would have really helped out in the beginning. Gotcha. What have, what would you say has been throughout this time, what has been the most important part of your entrepreneurial journey? You know, I've learned so much about myself uh, and who I am. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this, you know, um, you really got to get out of your own way to be an entrepreneur. Like I, I think if I looked at my, who I was 10 years ago to who I am today, um, you know, I, I look at that person and that person was confident, but it was a false confidence, you know? Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think I was a horrible person there, but I think I'm probably a lot more genuine now. And the connections that I make now, I make them because um, I value that other person and I value listening. I, I've really learned how to listen. And I think that's how good entrepreneurs um, will grow. You know, you walk into a room and that person that's sitting there just blah, 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 blah. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Most people get turned off, you know. Listen, listen. if that person would have just stopped and, and listened to everybody else in the room, they'd probably walk away with a lot of business. You know, it's those connections, right? We don't, our organization is in this community, but we live just outside of it. But since we've been in this community, we have changed everything over to this community. Why? Because you know what? I've developed those relationships. So, you know, my insurance guy, I have a personal relationship with him now. I don't just get on the computer and, and, and get a quote. It's a little bit more expensive and I'm okay with that because I have that personal connection, you know? financial advisor, same thing. And, and, you know, our dog food company, like for us, that is important to us. So if you could have one superpower, what would it be? But before you answer that, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Thinkin' Local, a fundraising and giving-based marketing platform whose mission is to connect local Main Street businesses who care about making an impact in the local community with schools and nonprofits who believe in supporting their local businesses. Find out more by visiting Think the Letter in Local.com. And we're back. Digging for Gold on the Behind Main Street Podcast. So, Dave, if you could have one superpower, what would that be? It would be the ability to not be so expressive in my face. Poker face? <laughs> I think that's <laughs> maybe a poker face. Uh, yes, my wife will sometimes nudge me and say, babe, we can all tell what you're thinking right now. You need to, like, not have that face. <laughs> you know, like, like when you give me ideas, Chris, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? 
It's okay. I don't. I, we're we're mostly talking on the phone, so I, I don't. I don't get to see the face as much. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Um, you know, and I think uh, the ability to to you know make people forget some of the things that I've said that may have been hurtful or made them feel less than valuable. So I I think that probably my my superpower. That's a good one. I've never heard that before. I think, although, you know, that might be something that um, makes us, if we're able to take back some of the things that we say, some of the things we do, it makes us feel better. But I think overall, whatever you said that hurt someone, probably if they took it the positive way or they took it as a, as a means for, uh, to step on and step up, I think it, you know, we all, we all do things that, uh, I mean, we all hear things from other people that we don't agree with or hurt us and things of that nature. But a lot of times if we just took the time to think about it, it could really make us better people. And I think for us, I mean, you included, I'm sure that's something that you've experienced where you've taken something that's not very flattering that someone else is saying about you or things that you're doing and made something better of yourself because of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. Like when I showed up for this interview and you told me to put a shirt on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not for yes. me, it's for our, for our listeners and for the people that are going to view this video and all that. So just, you know, it's, it's for them and mostly for your okay. wife too, for Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, in your opinion, what is one crucial personality trait that an entrepreneur or a nonprofit founder needs to have to have success? Don't take yourself too pers- or too serious. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, you go to events and everybody's like, oh, I just love what you're doing. And, and you know, you're, you're, you're so great. And depending on what room you're walking into, they think you walk on water. And that's not the case. Um, I'm just one person that's connecting a group of individuals that are making amazing things happen here. You know, um, without our clients and their courage to step forward and say, you know what, I need help and I'm willing to make a change in my life. It wouldn't matter that I'm sitting here at a, you know, on a ranch waiting for anybody. Nobody would show up, you know, so um, don't take yourself too serious. I still sit down to put my, my, pants on and I wear boots because I can't tie my shoes and keep them, you know, tied. Um, you know, it, it's that, that's what I would say. Well, what would you consider, um, in your time as an entrepreneur, a nonprofit founder, what would you consider your biggest failure and what did that teach you? My biggest failure would be, um, the fact that I'm too hard on myself. And in the beginning, I would always set myself up for failure. So I'd go into a meeting and I thought, let me expose all my flaws so that I'm the one putting them out on the table. Uh, I'm the one that's, you know, it's a way of guarding or protecting yourself without guarding or protecting yourself. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest flaw that I learned in the beginning. And I've had several mentors say like, Hey, like, don't say those things. They may or may not be true, but you know what? Like, don't put yourself down to try and make yourself, more exposed or, or to try and, you know, um, get their trust because who's going to, who's going to choose somebody that's like, Oh, you don't want to go with me. I don't know how to train a dog, you know, regardless if that's the case or not, like 
I'm still trying to sell myself. So I need to have confidence in myself. So biggest flaw would be lack of confidence. Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of us have these limiting beliefs that we always have to overcome. You know, like, you know, I, I always, and, and we do have people around us, especially the closest people around us. And for you, for, for you, it probably is your kids and your wife, Nicole. For me, it's my wife and, you know, also my kids and my mom. Um, you know, they, they kind of tell us, like, tell it to, tell it, it to us as it is, right? Like, you know, my wife would always call me out like, hey, you're doing all these things for these for these other businesses and other people. How come your your own content is not um, is not there? Why haven't you posted anything on your on your business page? Why, you know, like all that stuff. And for me, it's like being called out, you know, I, I make an excuse like, well, because, you know, I'm busy working, you know, for other people. But that's why for me, I started this podcast so that I could be able to document some of the relationships, some of the experiences that I've been able to learn from like people like yourself and, and some of the other business people that I've have been fortunate enough to interview on this podcast and hopefully interview in the near future because there's a lot of conversations that we that we would have offline that a lot of a lot of times some of those information you don't get to remember, right? But now I can always listen to this podcast and hear what you're trying to teach me out there as you, as we go through our relationship and all of that. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, no, I'm, I'm grateful for you to give me the, the opportunity. And, you know, I, 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 I'll yell it from the, the rooftops. <laughs> you know, I, I think that you're, you're an amazing um, marketing strategist, uh, you know, and I've learned so much from you. And um, I think it's just amazing the community that you've, you've built and the community that you're, you're part of. And, you know, you've always given everybody in the community a voice and you've always given them a voice over yours. And I think that's what I've learned. And, and, you know, humility is, is huge. And I think, uh, I know that you've, you've given me that, you know, that outlook on, on things and, and really had to change some of my own perspectives. You know, it, it's, it's not always about me. It's about learning to listen to other people. So, you know, um, when I do that at home, it's because of you. So thank you. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And that, that probably comes from my wife reminding me, not, not all me. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, I think that's, that's brings up a good point as far as entrepreneurship. Um, you know, you may be the person out in the forefront that represents your organization or your business, or you're the one that's making the, the cold calls or, or knocking on doors or, you know, going to, to meet meetings and mixers and network things. And Holy smokes. It's like always, always, always got something going on. Um, but you know, you look at it, like my wife reminded me in the beginning, she's like, you're, you're doing all these things, but you forget that like, there's two parts of you. There's a part at home and there's a part at work. And I'm able to, to do those things at work because she picks up the slack at home. And so, you know, as entrepreneurs, we need to really remember or be conscious that, you know, we have support groups that, that are, that are there for us and allow us to be the people that we are in business. And that we also have to, um, remember that they're just as important and there is an intricate part of this, you know, I couldn't have done all these things without the volunteers, without the board that supports me, without my wife, without my kids. And I'm just a very small part of this business that's on the outside, but um, the inner workings are on the inside. 
Awesome. Well, shout out to Nicole. Um, that's for Dave and shout out to my wife. We're definitely the champions at home. Yeah. Well, if you, you know, touching back on that, um, is there, is there someone or something that you turn to on those times that you start, you know, feel stuck a little bit? You know, I don't think there's necessarily one individual that I call, um, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. You know, you probably have a group of people. Um, I think you're part of like the dad bods or something like that. <laughs> We're the founding members. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, but, but there's a group of individuals that I can call, uh, you know, and my brother's one of them. Uh, he's an entrepreneur himself. And, and even though he's not part of this community, um, he also understands the struggles and he's not in the same industry, but getting his opinion about, you know, certain things and, and, maybe how he would address it and his clientele is, is different than mine. Um, you know, but I, I think getting the opinion of people that you respect, um, and really listening, you know, I like to surround myself with people that don't necessarily agree with what I do. Um, we may have the same fundamentals, but we look at things very differently so that I can really gauge like the best outcome. Because if you surround yourself with yes people, you're fooling yourself. You just get the same damn answer that, you know, you could have just spoke to yourself in the mirror. So how are you going to grow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say drives you to sort of keep going when, it, when, when the going gets tough? Uh, I don't like failure. Um, and I don't like um, not being able to contribute. So for me, you know... If, if I meet somebody and, you know, maybe to a fault sometimes, because I've also learned that not everybody wants you to solve their problems. That's where that whole listening thing comes in. Um, if I see a problem, it's like, oh, I, let's try and fix it. Let's, how do we, how do we resolve this? So, you know, that's, that's the drive for me is to, to always try and do better, um, to learn something, to grow, to help other people. Uh, is there any specific resources that kind of gets you, uh, that help you kind of get through some of those struggles? You know, um, as crazy as the internet is, I Google all sorts of things and I try and read articles. You know, I, if it's got to do with computer stuff, I call my kids or I call you, right? Like I, I'm not tech savvy at all, but you know, if it could, if it's, um, just a simple business matter or how do I do something? I'll Google it and I'll read two or three different articles so that I can compare them and figure out how to, to do it. Or, you know, I'll call somebody on that resource list, you know, that I've got in my head and they say, Hey, I, I've, I've got this issue or, you know, I'm trying to do this. Have you ever come across something like this? And, you know, sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they're like, no, but you know what? Let me connect you with so-and-so who does. Um, so my network is always growing. And, and I think it's because I've allowed myself to be vulnerable and tell people that, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing at sometimes. Not that it's not obvious, you know, but um, people are willing to help you if you're willing to accept it. Absolutely. Was there, oh, is there a big aha moment for you in life? I, I think when you go through life and you stumble enough times um, and you keep doing the same things because you're stubborn and finally you're like, okay, like I need to just slow down. I need to trust that I don't know everything 
and, you know, opening yourself up to, to doing different things. And I'm still working on that. Um, I think that's probably the big aha moment, but you know, a very specific time I've done so many things that probably were not the smartest that, you know, I'm not sure exactly which one comes to mind right now. <laughs> well, then if you can talk to your 18 year old self, what advice would you give 18 year old Dave? Oof. Okay. So, um, you know, as when I got a little older as a deputy, I always told the young ones to take a hundred dollars and put it in the back of your, your locker every week and, and save it in an envelope that only you knew about so that you had, like you had it there and you weren't tempted to, to withdraw some money when you needed to go and get Christmas gifts or you needed to go and go out for the evening or something like that. Um, you know, start thinking about your future at 18 years old. I didn't really think about that. Uh, I was more interested in figuring out how to manipulate my freedom and, and have more fun. Um, you know, and more focused on relationships and that type of nonsense. Um, so I think I would tell myself to take a deep breath and, you know, just be patient. Like think of it, think of the long game, uh, invest in, invest in my future because I'm going to have one and, and it'll be a lot easier if I, if I think about it at 18 years old. That's great. Advice. And stay in, and stay in school. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great advice. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, now that you're running your nonprofit, what would you say is a go-to hack, like productivity hack that you do? You know, I mean, because like you said earlier, you have a lot of stuff on your plate, right? You know, dealing with yeah. your family, dealing with your donors, your clients, and just people that show up at your facility out of the blue. Uh, what would you say is your go-to productivity hack for kind of keeping things in, you know, moving? You know, I don't know if it's a hack. When, I, when you say hack, I always think of my four-year-old. He's always like, goes in the kitchen. I'm going to teach you a life hack. I'm going to teach you hey, like, all sorts absolutely. of like, little things. Yeah. But for me, it's um, my calendar app. Mm. I just like it just, just – through my email. Um, it's not very fancy or glamorous, but uh, I had a training officer that would always tell me the key to success is organization. And that's, that's always stuck to me. And I've always tried to be somewhat organized, but you know, having a calendar and keeping things straight, um, and being able to manage your time wisely, I think that's probably the biggest thing, you know, and then it doesn't always work. Uh, I thought you and I thought we had uh, a meeting ahead of this, <laughs> and, and it's actually tomorrow. And I also thought I had a phone call right before this and it's Thursday. So it's like, you know, you also have to be able to like use your calendar and, and be able to type things in the right way so that you could be productive. But um, I think for me being organized and having our team that's organized so that everybody knows what their roles are and where they're going to be. And, you know, um, being the ex executive director doesn't, mean that I can just go off willy nilly and do what I want. Like my staff knows what my calendar is and, and where I am and, and, you know, I'm accountable to, to them so that if they need something, I'm there for them too. That's absolutely great advice. And that's advice for me personally as well. You know, you know, I have a crazy schedule as well. I'm trying to juggle different things. You know, everybody, I try to make everybody my a priority, but at, you know, at some point, it's hard, right? It's, it's really hard. And being even technology, like the, the problem with technology is 
it's got, it hasn't gotten to a point where it can just follow us, right? And just kind of write everything. Like it, if our if our calendars were pre-filled, like it would pre-fill itself kind of thing. But no, we have to make the conscious effort to actually put something in our calendar. And sometimes, you know, with all the craziness that's happening, <laughs> we, we do tend to forget, you know, some things. So that's, I guess that's the humanity in, in us. Yes, yes. I couldn't figure out why why the person was 15 minutes late today until I figured out, went back to the email and figured out it's Thursday. So <laughs> that's probably why a great reason for him or her to be late. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Well, if you were granted three wishes, what would you wish for? I would wish that people would actually start to listen to each other. Um, there's no benefit for, standing on a soapbox. That's absolutely ridiculous. You have something, like I said, you have something to learn from everybody out there. And I don't care who it is. There's probably some type of common ground with that person. Um, so I think the ability for people to, to open themselves up and listen to others would be my number one. Uh, for number two, I think that I wish that there was more compassion out there. Um, you know, we hear all the time that we need to be nice to each other and we need to do this and we need to do that. And, you know, it's all lip service if you're not actually putting it forth. Um, and it, it gets frustrating just for me. It's like, just save your comment. You know, I, I'm more of an action type person. So I think if we could just be compassionate towards each other, the world would be a lot better. And number three, I think, um, that I would be able to manage my time better so that I would actually um, be able to have quality time with my family. So, you know, I, I worked in a career where I was always gone and um, sad fact is that that was my focus. You know, if I wasn't at work, I wanted to be at work because what if something happened to somebody that one of my partners and I wasn't there? It's, a, it's silly to think that if I was there, it was going to change the outcome of, you know, something traumatic happening, um, that, that, uh, somebody wasn't going to get hurt because I was there. Like, I'm not, I'm not Superman, right? I don't have, um, those, those superpowers. Um, so I missed out on a lot of things with my family and, and really my kids that I can't get back. So, you know, uh, I try to have boundaries now and, and to set time aside for my kids. Cause really that's what's most important. Like, you know, sitting here working hard and, and trying to say that I want my kids to respect the decisions I do, they make and, and the things that I, I do for the community. But if they're not here to, if I'm not there to take an interest in their life and, and show them that I care and love about them and, and tell them I love them and get a hug every once in a while, um, then I'll, this is all for nothing. It's just, it's more lip service, you know? So, well, that's my three. Well, that's, those are great wishes. And then that's, those wishes are very telling, um, telling to our listeners and to the viewers of this video about who you are, right? All the three wishes that you gave were all about society or what effects of, you know, what you are and where you lead your life and how it affects other people. And that's very telling. And, you know, thank you for, for thinking about it in that sense. And I really, really appreciate your answer. Um, can you recommend three specific books for our audience that 
you've read that has helped you? Well, I'm not a huge um, book reader. I, I'll be honest with that. Or um, shows? I, I have I have a very short attention span, but, you know, I would say um, the Bible, you know. Um, the Bible is a book that I think I know from my, my own uh, life that it gives me guidance and, and helps me to try and figure things out. Um, so there's my – there's one book. Um, Which is cons- consisted I, of – a ton of other books within one big book. <laughs> so there's my three books. There you go. <laughs> More than three. <laughs> it depends if you the Old and New Testament in there. <laughs> yeah. And it's not to say that I've read the, the Bible from front to back and have it all memorized because that's not – yes. I, no. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what are you looking uh, most forward to? your future as a nonprofit founder or as, or as an entrepreneur? You no, know, I look forward to the next generation. Um, and I, I think that by doing that, it keeps me from being short-sighted. You know, I, the other day, my, my son, who's four, we were doing something. And he goes, Dad, when I get older, I'm going to work at pause. Wow. And I said, that's awesome. But, that's awesome, buddy. And he says, but you're going to go to work with me every day, right? So we can play. And I said, you know what, that's, that's, that's perfect. And, you know, he loves coming to this place and he loves helping people and he loves working with the dogs and, and, uh, you know, he, it, he goes a little overboard. He tries to get his sisters to sit and stay like their dogs, but, um, you know, to see his enthusiasm and to see our trainer, Ben, and see what he's, he's doing and how he's growing and, and the volunteers here, or, you know, that those, that next generation and to see what they can do and how they can take this, this momentum that we've started um, and really make it a movement and carry it into the future is, is exciting. Fantastic. Is there something or a question that you wish I had asked you that I didn't? No, Chris, you're a great host. You're perfect. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I, I, I think you've, you know, you, the thought process and, and what you've put into this uh, podcast and this show and what you're trying to to bring out in people is great, you know, and I, I hope that there's young entrepreneurs out there that, that take something, at least something away from each and every person that you've interviewed, because, you know, eh, we, we all have something, you know, to give back. Um, I think that if you go into a situation and, and, you know, are so naive to think that you know it all or that I, I'm like, Oh, great. I could do this, you know, and then you get out here and you're like, holy smokes, this is nothing like I thought. Like, I thought like, hey, we raise, we do service dogs and everybody's like, oh, that's so great. Here you go. Here's here's a bunch of checks. No, it doesn't work that way. Somebody should have wrote a book on that. That's not how it works. Um, you know, and, and, and to get um, that younger generation, like find people that know something that you don't and attach yourself to them and ask them questions and you know, give your feedback because we have just as much to learn from you that um, you may learn from us. And that's, you know, not saying that I'm, I'm anybody's mentor, but like there's so much, there's gotta be that give and take back and forth. So I hope that one day they put this out there to, you know, some of the business classes that are out there so that they can listen to this and and take some stuff away. Cause I think that this is a, a valuable tool to, um, to new entrepreneurs and also some of those business owners that have been out there for a long time that need to like, uh, you know, get some of the dust off and, and 
start um, becoming really truly involved in the community and really truly supporting small businesses. Because, you know, we hear a lot about supporting veterans and homeless and small businesses. And we hear a lot about it. So, um, you know, this is this is a great way to start a movement so that we start actually doing stuff. That's wonderful advice. Where can listeners learn more about you and Pause for Success? So our listeners can go to www.pause4success.org. Um, go to our, our website um, and, you know, learn about us. You can send us an email, ask questions. Um, contact us by phone. You know, if you're in the Chino Hills area and you want to come down and, and tour the facility or volunteer, we, we would we would love it. If you want to, you know, get more involved and maybe sponsor a dog for um, a community member that that really needs that help, you know, that that's a great way to give back and and to to be involved in the changing of somebody's life that you know you don't know. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for everything that you do for our community and for giving me and our listeners your time today. I invite our listeners to please connect with Dave from Pause for Success, myself included. Also, please do share, subscribe, leave a rating and review. I'd very much appreciate your honest feedback, which helps me continually provide impactful content that I hope you will find valuable. And remember, every day that you face adversity, think of it as an opportunity to find the gold inside you. Until next time, have a success-filled day. Thanks for listening to the Behind Main Street Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Remember to visit www.behindmainstreet.com.